Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner. Thanks for being with us today. I have Michelle Strange with us. Everybody knows Michelle, the roaming dental hygienist. And Michelle and I, you guys have probably heard this a lot through a lot of my podcasts, have been you know, at conferences together, have said hello to each other in, in multiple settings, and then now just connecting and getting to know her and her authentic self on our podcast, The Dental Handoff. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I am so happy to like come on and like actually have, even though everybody's listening to our conversation, it's nice to have this like one-on-one opportunity to have some more meaningful conversations. Yes, because when you're at the trade shows, you get because you want to see and talk with all the people that you get about two minutes in and then we were just talking about that. But um, Michelle, what I always love to start with is why dental hygiene for you? What did it like? Did it choose you? Did you choose it? Um, I think it chose me. Um, I have a really interesting story um, where I am the dental patient that needed um, a lot of extra attention. And um, so starting back when I was eight, nine years old, going into ortho and being like 16, getting out of ortho and then realizing like I needed jaw surgery, I needed all these different things. And my bite never, you know, my bite was horrible. It was never like a decay problem for me. Mine was a structural problem. Mm. problem. Like I had a lot of things and, you know, just kind of like a, a fast forward to today. I know now that it's that I had a tongue thrust. I had a uh, abnormal swallow. I had um, uh, horrible sleep issues. I also had, well, uh, what we know now is kind of like childhood sleep apnea. And I also had a birth defect in my gut that ended up rearing its ugly head when I was 37. And I ended up losing a part of my colon and my small intestines that almost killed me. So I, all of those things combined gave me like acid reflux, a horrible swallow, couldn't sleep. I grinded at night, like all the things. And so my journey was that when I was 
17. I had just been out of ortho. I was working at my local Harris Teeter as a cashier in high school and my jaw was killing me. And I was like, y'all, I have to, I have to go and I'm going to go see my orthodontist. And he was like, bring your guard. Let's see it. And they were so slammed busy, like so slammed busy. This is like the biggest ortho practice where I was. And I was like, oh my God, y'all like, and I've been going there since I was eight years old. So these people like knew me, knew me. I even had people, cause I grew up with a single mom, like that would come and pick me up from school and take me to my ortho appointment. Like that's how sweet these, these people were that I knew. And I was like, Oh my gosh, y'all like if you paid me some like minimum amount of money, I'll come and like help you guys. I'll do the trash. I'll do all these things. And like, so I got a job at my orthodontist office at 17 and just picked it up like a sponge, like anything. I mean, he was talking to me about curve of speed and I was like, tell me more. I am so excited to learn these things. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I love it. And so when I turned 18, again, single mom, nobody talked to me about college. Nobody talked to me about like, what's life for you outside of high school. So I started working at my orthodontist, got my x-ray certification turn of events happened, staff turnover, whatever. At 19, I was back staff manager of this $2 million practice. Like it was absurd. It was obnoxious. All on the job trained. I had no idea what I was doing outside of like, I know what needs to happen and I'm just going to make that happen. But nothing was actually strategic. in any way. And I was like, you know what? I love this. I love this industry, but I'm making pennies because I'm a dental assistant in ortho practice. I'll never be able to move out of my mom's house, all these things. And I was like, I'm going to go to hygiene school. And I did. And the rest is history, I guess. What the You just jumped right in then. I mean, you just went from trash to office manager. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that happened? Like that's, that's a huge leap. So what, what do you, what did you tell yourself during that time to say, you know, I, I know enough to be able to do this. You know, I don't think it was that I was telling myself anything. I think a lot of my early teens and 20s was just surviving, like, and surviving with a ADD curious brain, right? Like, so I know I need to make money. These are the things I need to do. I'll take on all tasks, like whatever you need me to do, I'll do because I, I'm like, I need money. I need to pay for things. I need to get out of my house. I'm 19, like all these things, right? And but then also having this genuine curiosity and love for the science and knowing that like I could help make some changes in people and knowing that I had so many issues with my mouth um, that I just had this empathy for a dental patient. Um, mine was different. You know, I didn't have pain with root canals and cavities. Like I know that some people go into it because they had a really sweet hygienist when they were in pain or something like that. And mine was like, I think secretly I was like, I know there's something wrong with me and these people don't know how to fix it. So maybe if I learn it up, I could fix it myself. <laughs> maybe there was that, but yeah, it's, um, I, I, I don't think it was like actually strategic. I think it found me and I was like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to survive in it. And then eventually I learned how to thrive in it. Yeah. So you said yes to a lot of things that you totally were uncomfortable with and had probably a small idea of how to do, but you didn't didn't really know how to do them, you know, at an expert level at all. Right. No, no, no. Just very ignorant. Like, you know, like when you're young, like, I, I mean, the saying is, I think a little condescending of saying like you're young and dumb, but also like, I think I was just young and dumb. Like I didn't know what I 
how big these things were. They just felt like things presented to me. And I'm like, sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah, because when you, and then what happened if you didn't know something? Like, did you feel like a failure? Did you feel like you were supported or what was your, what was that time like? You know, it is, I think now I'm just really learning how to like love myself through mistakes and stuff. Um, It has never been like, oh, I'll figure it out and you're fine. It has always been a, you know, I, I'm, I'm very open about like childhood trauma and stuff like that. Mine is definitely growing up in a world of guilt, shame, and anger. And that's how you showed love. <laughs> like that's where I come from. So to be kind to myself in those moments of screwing up was just never an option. It was never taught to me. And I definitely had to learn those things. So back then it was striving for perfection because perfection gave me, got me validated and shown attention in a way that wasn't negative and guilting and shaming. So it was just like, go do these things. Cause when you do a really good job at it, you get praise and praises feels better than shame. Right. As you're talking to so many hygienists, and I think that you might agree with this, we're perfectionists. And we feel like if we can't do it perfect, then we're not going to do it. We're so scared. We get stuck. And then we keep it inside of us and bottle it up and it's, it needs to come out. And so how did you overcome that need for perfection? I mean, I know that you alluded to it with, okay. It's, so it sounds like in theory, like, yes, I recognize my work that yeah. I went forward and did the things, but it's more than that. So it's so us, much more. Yeah. Like tell us more if you, you know, can remember back that far. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember back that far. Cause it was just like a few years ago when I figured this out and that was with therapy, quite honestly, like a lot of therapy, weekly therapy. Um, now I work with Michelle Galloway, who is my coach and, um, She's so sweet because she keeps like the best notes and will send me things. And she was like, I was just like reviewing some things before your call. And she's like, I just want you to remember like how far you've come. Like two years ago, you couldn't even see yourself being valuable to people. And I've been doing this and like people have known my name for a minute. I've been doing a lot of speaking, a lot of presenting, a lot of educating in some way. And it two, three years ago is the first time that I was like, oh yeah, the things I do is actually valuable. That's great. Like, so it's taken a long time and it's, I think just learning to be accepting of the flaws, being um, kind to myself when I don't do it perfectly and realizing like, I want that for my patients. Like I give them so much grace and love and I don't do it to myself. And that is crazy. Like, you know, you can't like fill from or pour from an empty cup. And I was over here pouring into them when I couldn't even pour into myself, which makes no sense. So it's been a long journey the last two to three years, but it has been lovely, I must say, to finally be to this stage. You had been, like you said, you had been showing up for a minute. People knew who you were, of course. And even in those times, did you feel that, did you feel that you were worthy to have that attention because you were making a difference? Um, you know, it's one of those things I don't think I actually thought about. It was just like, you know, I will say one thing that from very early on, um, when I left clinical, um, which was about like 2013 ish. And I say left, I mean, 
I, I'm still in clinical. Like I left for a whole year like before I came right. running back to clinical. I went into that corporate space, into the speaker space, into the writer space. And for me, what was driving me and that was keeping me going was my fear of being seen as being stupid. Mm. Like not educated, not knowing things. Cause I've been fighting for that, like in some way or another family, friends, whatever, like being a little misunderstood because I'm so ADD and whatever. But I think for me, it was like, I need to learn and gobble up all these inform- this information so I don't feel stupid. And then going, oh my God, that's what that means. Like I should go just being a natural educator of like, I should go tell people this is cool. And literally that's kind of been my journey. And now when I look back on it, I'm like, gosh, like you're, I'm all, I almost feel lucky that I have gotten anything accomplished because I was just so like, just don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. And that's just not like, I mean, I get, that's not a positive uh, force, right? Like, right. I wish it was a more something that was like, yes, I want to teach the world, which I do. But also it was like, don't be seen as ignorant, dumb, or stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get it. And I think that, you know, a lot of us term that as imposter syndrome, yes. if, if we label it. And I truly think that all of us go through this. If you think about like back to the, back to when you're a new hygienist and you saw like your first patients out of hygiene school, yeah. you were like, are the patients going to know that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm new here? You know, you yeah. don't say it, you don't talk about it, but are they going to know? Are, are, do I know enough? And I think, you know, back to even what you were saying with your traumatic childhood, that sometimes it stems back from that of not being good enough or feeling like you don't know enough that you must be perfect in order yes. to do that. But you, um, you pulled it within yourself to still step outside of your comfort zone to get in front of people. And I think that too, what I have learned personally about myself is that in doing that and with that forward momentum, you actually learn that you've got it you've yeah. got more than what you think. Would you yeah. agree? Oh, hundred percent. Yes. And it's, you know, like I said, it took me a while to even see that I had value. I had things to give. People could learn from me. Um, people wanted to hear from me. Like I still, to this day, even after having podcasts, I'm like, do people even care that I have anything to say? I don't know. Like maybe I should just shut up and go sit down. And then I have wonderful people around me though, that are like, I'm going to need you to snap out of it. Like, come on, like, get work through this. I hear you. Like we get it, but like also shut up and get it together. Like you have things that are valuable. We all have things that are valuable and all have things that are important to say. So to think that about yourself is coming from a little child that, you know, is still traumatized. Right. So it's, it's a hard road, but I think it's going to be a lovely day when we all have that, like, inner dialogue that's like, yeah, I got cool stuff to say and people want to hear about. Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Kelly. I'm inviting you to a live webinar course on how to implement 3D scanning into your hygiene appointment, which is a step-by-step course to take control back of your time and maximize patient care with digital scanning processes. This live webinar is March the 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find more information on this at Next Level Dental Hygiene or at Next Level DH. 
on my Instagram under my bio. Hope to see you there. And one of the things that I was saying to myself, and even when I graduated with my PhD, I'm like, okay, do I know enough? I mean, it was still, it doesn't ever go away. No, it doesn't ever go away. There is never, we can never know enough to make it go away. But here's what my friends started telling me, Michelle, is remember who you are. Remember who you are, right? Remember the gifts that you have. And we all have to understand where our giftings are because when you know that, you know that you've got to keep showing up. It's so true. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, this is like a non-dental like uh, approach to it, but, you know, we have as women been told to be certain ways and kind of be quiet, kind of be in the background. And then from a, inside the like women's circles, like compete with each other. And I think once I like figured out what it really looks like, feels like, sounds like to lift people up and have them be there to truly lift you up. Like the inner voice for me got a lot cleaner. Yes. If that makes any sense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally. Because it's, it starts off as like when you're unsure. So it goes back to even our childhood. When we were unsure, our parents say, you've got this. Or your friends when you're six say, you've got this. You could do it, do it, do it, do it. But then I think the changeover is when we tell that to ourselves and we have that own internal dialogue and that intrinsic um, motivation and that locus of control to be like, I've totally got this. I have, And that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, 80% of the time, I don't know exactly what what I'm doing that, but that's okay. Like we figure it out. Like we can figure anything out. I know, I know what I'm doing, but how I'm going to do it isn't always obvious to me because it evolves. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the hard roads and the, the struggle is important, which is still, I, I say it going like, ew, I hate it. But also realizing that that is the truth. The the struggle is important because the struggle is what brings so so many things for certain people. For me, it brings me the motivation. It brings me the ability to be like, well, I struggled through this. How could I make this cleaner and better for others? Yes. And so that's like my little, um, that was my pearl in the last few years was learning that. Yeah, for sure. Because in those moments when you're most challenged is when you find your strongest giftings of what, how you're supposed to show up in the world, right? It's like, yeah. okay, I've got that one. And that's pretty cool. And people need to know other people are going through this too. And it's my job to tell them more about that and, and tell them because your story is, I know we hear it all the time, your story matters to people because they can see themselves in you to say, man, this is just temporary. I've got this. So true. You know? So now, all right, fast forward now to now, Michelle, you have an amazing, very cool life. I mean, you're a roaming hygienist. We were just, we were just talking about before we got on about her internet. And she was saying that, you know, she lives in, in different places. And so she doesn't really know sometimes what she's going to get. And so tell us more about what you do day to day. Like, what does your day look like, Michelle? 
It definitely depends on the day of the week. Um, I am in clinic seeing patients um, doing guided biofilm therapy here in Colorado at the moment. I've been in Colorado for a year now, which is the longest that I have been in as far as a state. Um, I have roamed Colorado. So I've lived in like the suburbs of like south of Denver to Steamboat to downtown Denver. Now I'm in a mountain town called Evergreen. Um, so I've just kind of been popping around, seeing what I like. I typically, um, this isn't my day to day, but I stay in these places about every three months I'll move or so. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, wanting to see what life was like and like brush, brush the tourist off of me and kind of like assimilate into these towns and cities that I move into. Um, so right now I, like I said, I do two days, sometimes three days, depending on, um, my schedule. We can't find a hygienist. It's so hard. I don't want to work this much clinically, quite honestly, like a day and a half to two days would be perfection for me. Um, and I also go into long-term care facilities because here in Colorado, dental hygienists um, have a much long, wider scope of practice. And so I work with a hygienist who owns a, a company where she then contracts out the hygienist to go and see geriatric patients in these long-term care facilities. And so I'll see anybody from memory care patients, um, which are truly my favorite, um, to people who are um, maybe they're in their 40s and 50s, but had a stroke and, you know, are dependent now on uh, this team of people to take care of them. And so that's quite nice. I do that a few times a month uh, because it is hard on the body. So I'm seeing people like in their wheelchair, in their beds, um, and some of some ergonomically uh, hard <laughs> situations. Yeah, for sure. So um, that's not a, um, maybe it's every other week or so that I might go do that. Um, and then I do a lot of writing, um, content creation. I, my big love right now is training the infection control coordinator. I do believe this is a, a very important role for every dental office to have. Um, if, and I should say, like, I need to be off Facebook just for my mental health. However, it is also my catalyst because I will see uh, one person after another talk about the infection control breaches that they're committing and they're like, and putting it out in the world, which just blows my mind. Um, but it just, it's kind of fuels my fire that like we need to do a better job at patient safety and team safety. And so that's kind of my big thing now. Um, for a while, I was speaking a lot on dental implants and home care and motivational interviewing and all those things that I do love so much. I tried to transition it over only infection control, but I keep kind of getting pulled back into the other side. So I've just kind of embraced that I'm talking about all of these things at this point. So um, a little speaking, writing, I don't know, I work seven days a week. It's not but I love it. Like, even if I, somebody was like, oh, Michelle, you gotta give yourself better self-care and like, maybe for a morning and then I'll be back doing some kind of dental content creation. <laughs> yeah. Because you love it. I mean, I, do. It, I genuinely do. It's so, I mean, it's kind of like self-care because you feel like you're feeding your soul when you do it. Is that how you feel? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm just a natural, like, curious person and educator. So like when I learn things and as the typical neurodivergent hyper-focus on it um, with the intensity of like a predator stalking its prey, like it is like so hyper-focused, like I need to know everything about it. And then when I learn something really cool and interesting, I'm like, 
I got to tell people about it. I'm so obnoxious at cocktail parties, like one glass of wine and I can't stop. I'm like, okay, Michelle, let other people speak. Let other people speak. (laughs) But I just love it. I genuinely do. How do you find where you go? Like, how do you decide where you roam to? Has I'm sure people ask you this all the time. Yeah, well, it started off with like, I knew, so I went down to Florida after I left Charleston. Um, I was there for the, you know, few weeks, maybe two months. Um, I always loved New Orleans. And I was like, I want to go, I'm going to get there and like, not be on Bourbon Street, not be the tourist. And so I found this cool place in New Orleans. Um, I ended up staying a little longer because I liked it. And um, that's where I actually met my partner, John. And he, um, well, and then I was like, well, I want to ski. I want to be able to like, ski anytime I want. Cause that's new for me. And so I was like, I'm going to go to Colorado for the winter. And then I went to steamboat to do a, um, GBT training. And I was like, this is the coolest little mountain town. And I was like, I'm going to move there. And so it's just kind of been like, Oh, that place seems cool. Let me go try it out. So it's just basically like, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. That is so cool. Yeah. You know, I had these like things like I wanted to live in a high rise. And so I did, and I want to live on a boat. And so I probably will. So I'm just going to like try it out and see where the wind blows me. (laughs) You need to write a book. Has anybody ever told you that? I know it's some people's nightmare because like, I don't have a permanent address. Like I literally don't like once my lease is done, like I need to start doing the research a few, like a month or six weeks ahead of time to know where I'm going. And when I was in Florida, New Orleans had the hurricane and I was like, I might actually not have a place to live in a few weeks. I have to leave. And so the lights and internet came back on the week that I moved to New Orleans. So that was a little stressful, less than ideal there, but everywhere else has been like really great. I've had really pleasant experience. I lived in a hotel. I lived in a hotel and steamboat for three months and it was glorious. I got breakfast every morning. I had coffee all the time, had a maid every week. They got my packages. The um, housekeeping team watched my cat when I was gone. Like it was fabulous. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I remember you doing um, posts from there about different devices that you were using in your bathroom. I was like, that's pretty cool. How does she do that? How does she do all this cool stuff? But people are watching you, Michelle. <laughs> oh, that's, which is blows my mind. Still, anybody that's like, oh my God, Michelle Strange. I'm like, how do you know me? Like, that's so crazy. Like, I, I still feel like I'm just like a nobody floating through that. <laughs> that's not true. I'm not going to let you talk about yourself like that. <laughs> but, but I think it's also what keeps me humble and authentic. Like, I am very, yeah. like, my partner was like, you really are pretty authentic. You just showed up in a face mask that makes you look like Hannibal Lecter. And you were talking about dentistry. And I was like, yeah, I mean, there are not two Michelles. There's not Instagram speaker, Michelle, but I will say it was at one point. And also if anybody's listening to this, like uh, it, we've all been there. Like the confidence was a struggle for me. Amber Auger, who is I adore and love, she was like, I just always wondered how you got confidence. And I was like, I am never confident. <laughs> like I'm mouthy and that's where it ends. When I first got into speaking and stuff, I cut all of my hair off. Bobbed it over my shoulders. And everybody's like, oh, a change. I was like, if you only knew the real reason was that I knew I was going to be working these booths and I was going to be talking to doctors and I did not want to be seen as the booth babe. 
I did not want to be seen. I got very like, um, you know, jackets and like business attire, things that I, I, I think uh, I, I have a different take on professional attire these days. But in time, I was like, this is the professional stuff and this is how I behave and this is how I speak. And I just was so desperate to not see, be seen as like the cute little hygienist from South Carolina. And now I'm just like, it is what it is. Like I am, some people call me cute. And so I'm a hygienist from South Carolina and like, that is what it is. And I'm going to be authentic and real. And this is who I am. And I'm not going to change my appearance for y'all. hundred percent. I mean, that's, it's, but that's you growing into that, like showing up just as you are, just knowing that how you are and how you present is good enough, regardless of how it is. Right. And it took a while to get there, but I'm happy to be here now. Uh, I'm. I'm so glad that you're there and it's still a work in progress because sometimes those things show up and you don't know where they come from. Truly. And that's why I have therapy every week. That is why I have my coach because I will, I can talk about these things and the self-awareness of it um, is much better, but it's not always there. Like it takes me a minute and she'll be like, let's talk about like that at least I feel comfortable being like, here's the weird, dark things that I talk about. Like, here's the imagination that's happening in my brain right now. Help me realize if this is facts or feelings kind of thing. And then we talk through it and like, I come up and I'm like, that shit again. Sorry if I can't cuss. <laughs> like that again. Like here, like I thought I, I thought I conquered that, yep. but showing up as this weird thing over here and like, just realizing it and being very self-aware, being kind to myself when it happens over and over again, if it manifests in a different way and just being open for growth and struggle and um, being messy. I know I've been messy a lot of times and I don't apologize for it because I know that it was me trying to figure things out and I was doing it for the greater good of what I felt was taking up for people people probably saw it as messy and I saw it as like, yeah, it probably, yeah, it is, but here it is. Yeah. Cause that could scare a lot of people away from even trying it. And, and but again, back to that perfection, it's yeah. you are showing up how you are and it's part of the story of, and then you look back at how you were, you look back at your Bob and you say, Oh, I remember that time. I remember when my reels weren't as great. Okay, cool. Good. This is, you know, authenticity as well. And this is a life lesson. You have to at least show up. Yes. Even Um, get it right or wrong, right? (laughs) We have to show up. And then I also have to tell myself to show people grace and not always define them as that moment, right? Now, there's some people where I'm like, you've shown me, you've shown me a few times and you are now wrote off. Like you are at arm's length at all times. But then there are times where I'm like, if you were defined, Michelle, by this one moment, is that how you want to be like seen forever? And it's like, of course not. Maybe if it's a good moment, yes, but not always a good moment. So I really want to show myself grace and show other people grace and that we are all going through our own experiences and you just, you got to be kind in those moments. Yes, you do. And um Thank you for all that you're doing, Michelle, because the world does need what you need to, what you have to say, and it needs you. And um, I love what you're doing with infection control. And how do people find more, more about that, the classes that you're offering? So I have levelupip.com, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is Level Up Infection Prevention. And I have digital courses because I totally understand that 
Infection prevention is fragmented. It's all over the place. It's difficult to know. And a lot of us are on the job trained in certain situations. And quite frankly, just because you have a dental degree does not make you an expert in infection prevention. It is a an education outside of your dental license, your dental education or certifications. And so this is meant to give you the how-to, not like, yeah, we have to change do our dental water lines because the Legionnaires and all these different, like, yes, we get that, but this is how you're going to do it. And so it's quick um, how-to videos. And at the end, um, I give you a lot of downloads so that you could take them into your practice and become the infection control coordinator, which is a CDC um, recommendation from 2003. So that's been 20 years, y'all. And we do not have this as a standard role in most practices. So I'm really passionate about that. And then you can always follow me on the Roaming Dental Hygienist on Instagram um, and uh, go to my website, michellestrangerdh.com, where you can see a lot of the videos I've created, the articles I've written, and podcasts that I've been on. Fun. Look at look at where you are now. Yeah. <laughs> look at you doing all the great things. Oh, it's been fun. It's been a hard journey, but one I have loved, and I've learned a lot of lessons. And if I can teach anybody the things to do to not make it hard on themselves, uh, that's like my lifelong dream there. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for being, for sharing you your story. And I really appreciate all you're doing too. Thank you. Oh yeah. It's like you, it's just what lights me up every day. It's not work to me. I, I could, I could do it 24 hours a day and my family yeah. and friends would attest to that. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> when do you Absolutely. <laughs> but when you love, you really don't think about it. You know, here we are sure. recording on a Sunday and yeah. that's just, that's just what you do. You get to talk, you get to talk and enrich other people's lives through your voice and your story because it will resonate with many. It's so true. And thank you for letting me do that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on our show. And for everyone listening, thank you for all that you do every day to take care of your communities, the health that you provide, the lives that you save. And um, just just thank you for listening to the Dental Handoff. We appreciate your support. And Michelle, we will see you out and about, I'm sure. And I'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 